Hi, and welcome. I'm Steve Martorano, and this is the Behavioral Corner. You're invited to hang with us as we discuss the ways we live today, the choices we make, the things we do, and how they affect our health and well-being. So you're on the corner, the Behavioral Corner. Please hang around a while. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Behavioral Corner. It's me again, Steve Martorano. I'm hanging in the hopes that I run into interesting people, and I always do. Behavioral Corner is underwritten by our great partners, Retreat Behavioral Health. Those of you who've who've caught up to the podcast understand that we have a very laid back and kind of familiar way of doing these things, and we're going to certainly keep doing that today. But in the interest of full disclosure, we got a somber kind of topic for you today, something that, you know, sooner or later we're all going to have to deal with, and that's grief and how to handle it in general. Grief is a human experience that some point or another, we'll go through. We are going to take a specific look at a specific kind of grief because it turns out that while it's true, we all grieve in our own ways. Not all grief is the same. In particular, we're talking about the grief associated when you lose someone to a death by suicide. It is so deep and so hurtful uh, that experts in the field talk about grief associated with suicide as a complicated grief. And in my reading about it, that's what I've certainly found out. We're very fortunate that we have a woman with us today who knows a lot about what I'm talking about in a a very tragic sense, but she's graciously and heroically agreed to talk about this. This is not the first place that she has spoken about her relationship to surviving suicides in her life. But we're grateful to uh, Sarah Tinsley Puma, for joining us to talk about this very, very difficult topic. Thank you for inviting me. I'm happy to be here. So let's begin with the particulars here and get right to it. Your experience with loved ones dying by suicide uh, is pronounced. You lost your mom and your husband to suicide. Correct. How recently did those two deaths occur? Um, I lost my husband a little over a year ago, um, and my mom was in 2018, so about three years ago, so pretty pretty close together um, and relatively recently. Um, uh-huh. Okay, well, clearly that's, you know, a horrible circumstance and certainly have our condolences. Um, you're a working mom with, with a three-year-old daughter. Before we get to, to the sort of um, deepness of the grief associated with something like this, can we find out a little bit about your mother and your husband? Specifically, were either or both of them suffering from mental health or physical conditions that might have had something to do with their death by suicide? Yeah, they they both definitely did. Um, my my husband was a Marine for sixteen and a half years. Um, he was he got out of the Marine Corps in like two years before he passed. So he was kind of new to the civilian life. Um, he served three tours in Iraq and Afghanistan. So he definitely was not a stranger to the combat side of all of the wars that we've been involved in. And that definitely affected him a lot. Um, he didn't really speak about it a lot. So I can't, I can't really say exactly what was going through his mind with all of that, but I know it, it definitely affected him. I could just see by certain behaviors and his reactions to things. Um, 
just like you would expect, like yeah. noises yeah. and whatnot. He, he was yes. never diagnosed as suffering from PSTD or anything like that? He was, and also different anxiety disorders as well. However, um, I'm actually having trouble with the VA. They're trying to say that it wasn't connected to his, his suicide wasn't connected to um, his, his service. Really? So that's kind of a process. That's a different subject, but <laughs> um, so yeah, um, that definitely played a big part into it. And he, you know, he dealt with the the trauma and everything that he'd been through and experiences. He dealt with them the way a lot of service members and veterans do um, through self-medication and different things. But um, yeah, so that, that, you know, it's kind of a, a whole conglomeration of, of all of that, that I think, you know, contributed to his very sudden decision to do that. Um, my mother also, she definitely had some issues. She had a very traumatic childhood. She was basically shipped around. Mom didn't want her just, just really, really terrible childhood. And she grew up to be an outstanding, successful woman. Um, but she didn't really seek the treatment that I think she should have. And I think that just kind of caught up to her and it, that's it's so important to seek help and just get, you know, therapy should not be a, a taboo thing. Yeah, um, yeah. it's, it's amazing what it can do for you, but uh, it's also amazing that we still have these the stigma attached to certain things, no more stigmatized an event. Than someone who dies by suicide, mm-hmm. it's almost sort of something one doesn't talk about, which of course doesn't help anything. Was this the first time that either of them attempted suicide, or, or had there been other situations? Yeah, my mother attempted a few times, um, quite a few times, and mm-hmm. um, she, you know, she was finally successful but yeah she I don't want to say it wasn't a surprise but it, it I mean that's just very mm-hmm. and my husband he was a very interesting man he was brilliant he was he was his IQ was off the charts he he was very interested in figuring out what was you know in the ethereal and he would talk about that like if I were to die this and cause that he would kind of just toy with the idea and I, and I never really um you know, thought it would actually happen, but yeah, it, you can see the signs now. Like it's, it's one of those hindsight things. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to get into some of that, the uh, aftermath of that sort of thinking. Uh, I just wanted to sort of get their situation uh, before they, they died in my head. Right. Uh, I don't mean to say that your mom's uh, death by suicide was sort of inevitable or unexpected, but it seems different than what happened with your husband. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what's the same about both of them is that they are gone and you still are here and your child. And you are the one that has to deal with what I said at the beginning is referred to as a complicated grief. Mm-hmm. So Sarah, tell me, uh, I understand that to mean complicated in the sense that more than one emotion is involved when grieving for someone who has died by suicide. Can you tell us about some of those emotions? I've heard many times that one of the things that comes up is anger. You're actually angry at the person who has 
taken their life. Did you go through that? Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, it's an anger that is not comparable to any other anger. It's, it's frustration and a lot of abandonment um, Mm -hmm. feelings and you're angry because the people who uh, should be there. Well, in my case, you know, the, the people who should be there, the closest two people in my life, aside from my daughter, should, should be there to see her grow and everything. So that's, that's, it's very bothersome that they've um, chosen not to be part of that. Um, yeah. So <laughs> it, it's, a, it's as though something was done to you, the person grieving. This is sort of an assault on me, which of course, you know, it's hardly the, hardly the case. I mean, it is the case in one sense, but, mm-hmm. it, but it's certainly not, you know, no one, I don't believe anybody sets out to hurt their loved ones. I think they're probably in such a dark place that it doesn't even consider that concern them. What about, uh, you must, there must be great confusion involved in this. Did you go through all the questioning? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I, you can come up with deductions from, you know, people's lives and why they might've done what they've done. And I know that a lot of people who do um, die by suicide, they, they leave notes or they, you know, explain something or they put a Facebook post up, which is just tragic, but we didn't receive anything from either of my husband or my mom. So I can really only go by my kind of what I can think of, but ultimately it doesn't change anything. If I knew the exact reason, then it still wouldn't change anything and it wouldn't, it wouldn't fix anything either. So the only thing you really can do is try to move forward and honor their existence and continue to do your best in your life. Um, but yeah, the, the, it does sit in the back of your, in the back of your mind, and it feels very personal. Um, that, yeah, like it happened to you, it happened to you, right? Exactly. It happened to you, mm-hmm. but you know, and it didn't just happen to me. You know, you can't just take it all, and you need to understand that other people are grieving as well. And I've made it a very, very, I made it a point to make sure that people know that. I know that it's not just all about me, if that makes sense. Because even even people that he knew when he was ten, and my mom knew when she was ten, they're still grieving. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so it's it's. In addition to all of all of those very understandable emotions that are swirling around, mm-hmm. I've read that many survivors, like yourself, also feel guilty. They also mm-hmm. think, "Did I do enough? Could I could I have stopped this?" Did you go through that as well? Absolutely. Um, well, everyone grieves differently. Um, I'll I'll say that I've had my fair share of people express, you know, th- when something like this happens, people want an answer, and people in in grief are they do things that they don't normally do, and I've heard I've heard words from people that you know they they're just they're angry and they, they want something to blame. And that's not fun, but I get it. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately with, you know, with my, with my husband, it wasn't my first rodeo. So I'd already kind of, everyone's different. Every single grief is different. You know, are you able to, I don't know if I can phrase this and have it make sense. 
are you able to observe what's happening to you and and kind of detach? Do you know what I mean by look at it and go, okay, I'm feeling this way and I know why I'm feeling this way? Or is it just so overwhelming that it begins to define you? Are you able to get some distance on the grief? I am. Um, and that's, you know, thanks to therapy and just I've educated myself a lot on coping mechanisms and whatnot. But yeah, like it is it is so important to be able to kind of examine the, the situation. And I mean, life does go on and it, it, I've definitely been consumed. <laughs> I've been consumed by by grief, but it is it is absolutely important to try to remove yourself and, and look at things in a broader sense because otherwise you will just you'll it's a rabbit hole and you'll keep digging you'll keep digging and the further you dig the harder it is yeah. to get out i want to talk to you about the coping mechanisms for sure and also what uh, form of support you sought um, mm-hmm. in a minute but this notion you said the phrase life goes on mm-hmm. you know that's a cliche but all cliches are true. That's how they become cliches. So life goes on in this context takes on, it would seem to me, incredibly uh, strange quality mm-hmm. insofar as you're feeling unbelievable pain, I'm imagining, and yet life yeah. goes on, right? Yes. Uh, is there a need to reconcile those two things or you, you just accept it and, and try to move beyond it? How could life go on, you know? Yeah, it's a day-by-day thing. Today, I, I say life goes on, and I'm like, yes, I'm you know, focusing on the positive and have goals. But, um, you know, tomorrow could be a completely different day, but I'm a pretty practical, matter-of-fact person. And the, the truth is, you know, tomorrow, this needs to happen. And on Monday, this needs to happen. Right. So mm-hmm. we need to figure out a way to, to make that happen <laughs> and covering up your grief. I've literally tried everything. I've tried everything. Like, okay. So if I just don't talk about it, let's see that if, if I don't not reminded of it, but that's very unhealthy compartmentalization, basically of everything, just basically what I've learned and it's working for me pretty recently, honestly, is just embrace your feelings, um, embrace the feelings that are (laughs) really bad, live through them, breathe them, feel them, and then move on and continue to do your best. The person who you're grieving would want to see. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One day at a time never made more sense Mm -hmm. than in the context you've just described. Your daughter must be a tremendous blessing for you you can focus on your grief in the knowledge that she needs you to be a functioning adult i mean it's be painful of course but that's got to be a big big help what professional help or support groups did you reach out for that you found helpful i have a little support groups just on facebook they're like closed private groups i I have is it helpful to be around other people who uh, who understand what you're going through? Absolutely. Um, I am I'm part of 
quite a few different groups. And I ended up finding some, you know, widows in my very um, remote area of that are widows for the same reason. And when we meet up, it's like our energies just mesh because we're like, it's this understanding that nobody else understands, you know, that yeah. it's, and even if you're, you know, you're, you're one side of the political spectrum and this person or, or anything, it's, it's like, you have this in common and that commonality is the most strengthening thing. So you do not feel alone in your, in your specific grief, because I've had, I've had a lot of people, you know, tell me, oh, you know, I'm going through a divorce. So I, I kind of, I feel your pain. And I'm like, <laughs> By the way, that's one thing. Don't say it. <laughs> right, right, right. Don't say to There's a list, incidentally, for anybody that wants to know, there are lists out there of what not to oh. say to yes. people in, in this situation. And uh, one of the obvious ones, I know what you're going through is, is ridiculous, but people listen, let me, let me, asked you about that Mm -hmm. Uh, you get you get support uh with people who've been there done that which is understandable Mm -hmm. but overwhelmingly you are being supported by friends and family who do not or friends anyway who are trying to be helpful is it difficult talking to them about this or, or or is that awkwardness going away um i would say more than anything, because it's so taboo, people do not talk about it. People don't know what to say, so they don't even bring it up. That's the common thing that I've found over the last, you know, three or four years is people, they don't know what to say, so they don't say anything. And I think that if you don't know what to say, say, I don't know what to say. Right. Like just instead of pretending like it's not a thing. Some people, when they mention my husband's name or my mom's name, to me, they immediately apologize. And right, like, think they made a mistake. Yeah. Yes, and I'm like, no, these people existed. They were humans. They were a huge part of my life. I didn't forget about them. I don't want to forget about them. I want to cherish the beautiful memories we did have together. So don't not say their name, you know, say their name. There's a sense that bringing up someone's death by suicide to the survivor there's a shame attached to the act, which is really, really ridiculous. But that awkwardness is troublesome. I, I mean, but again, plenty of places where you can go look and, and see how, how you're supposed to do this. I'm doing my stumbling best to avoid <laughs> some, of, some of the mistakes. Um, back to this notion of the why question. Everything I've read, mm-hmm. many things I've read about survivors of suicide, it comes down to this why, why why did they do this? Why, why did they take their own lives? And I wonder if you struggle with the why question and whether you think there is any benefit in asking that question. Mm-hmm. Absolutely struggle with that question. It's, it's just a natural curiosity that you want filled. However, I recognize that that is not going to bring them back and <laughs> it's not going to fix anything. So while I, I will not put a ton of attention or energy towards that, there's, I just naturally will always wonder, but, you know, I, I've, I've just kind of chosen to understand that it was their time to leave and um, wherever they went or, you know, there's a, there's a ton of different 
uh, thoughts on on where people go that do that and what done um, and why they do it. But it ultimately it doesn't change anything. So gratitude is one hundred percent what I've chosen to focus on. I am grateful that I had the time that I did with them and. If I falter away from that or just even move away from that just a little, then that's when it becomes basically unbearable. So (laughs) instead of why I focus on gratitude, that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, it does make sense. Sarah Tinsley Puma, thank you so much. Uh, We are also grateful for the time you've given us. Uh, Wish you nothing but the best going forward. Very difficult stuff. You know, some folks, all of us are going to get a certain amount of um, heartache that we have to deal with. Uh, some get more than their share. Um, I think that's the case here. But listen, good luck with the VA and your husband. Mm-hmm. Uh, keep us posted on that. If there's anything that we can do is in our small way to help you get them off the dime, please uh, let us know. Thank you, sir. Wish you the best. Thank you so much. Thank you. You have a good day. Retreat Behavioral Health has proudly been serving the community for over 10 years. Here at Retreat, we believe in the power of connection and quality care. We offer comprehensive, holistic, and compassionate treatment from industry-leading experts. Call 855-802-6600 or visit us at www.retreatbehavioralhealth.com to begin your journey today. That's it for now. And make us a habit, hanging out at the Behavioral Corner. And when we're not hanging, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. On the Behavioral Corner.